post all-star break, the Charlotte Hornets only have 22 regular season games left. What are the big questions? We try to answer them today on the Locked On Hornets podcast. We're Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cause we live. We live. <laughs> It's Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. We are back after the All-Star break, and we appreciate you making us your first listen. We're free and available anywhere you get your pods, and that includes YouTube, by the way. Plus, this episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. We had an extended all-star break. So in case you forgot us, I'm Walker Mail. I'm on WFNZ from 12 to 3 with Wes and Walker. And that's Doug Branson. Find a Substack, every Hornets box score on, you guessed it, everyhornetsboxscore.com. We'll give our all-star takes a little bit later in the show. Doug's got some spicy ones. What else would you expect from one Doug Branson? So we'll talk about Mac McClung. We'll get to the all-star game itself. We'll get to all of that a little bit later on in the show. But we have to ask questions about these 22 games left on the season because we have some guys that are still hurt, trying to come back from injury. And, of course, you have the franchise guy, LaMelo Ball, Doug. And we are trying to make sense of this season. We are trying to find <laughs> value in this season. That doesn't seem to have a whole lot. But the number one reason to tune into any Hornets game, a lot of that is Mark Williams, your first-round pick. You want to see the young pups get out there and get better. But LaMelo is a young pup himself. And he was an all-star last year at the age of 20. The reason he didn't make it this year, one, it's a very strong conference, but also the guy just missed a ton of games and it was going to be way too much for him to actually get into the all-star game. But that is the best player on this team. There's no question about it. How much do you think LaMelo has to prove? And what is kind of a lost season? Can LaMelo make this not a lost season? And what does he have to prove the rest of the way? Yeah, I don't think he would have anything left to prove had he played a majority of this season so far. But because he has missed so many games due to injury, I do think that all of those things that he came in to this regular season wanting to do, I think he still needs to prove that he can do them. And I think first and foremost, it's get to the free throw line. And alongside that, can he score 40 points? Because I think the road, he's, he doesn't need to score 40 points on the regular to be a big impact player because he can dish out you know, 15 assists. We've already seen him do that in the past five games. So he has other tools in the tool belt, but I think if he wants to get to that sort of all NBA level, he has to, you know, occasionally put the team on his back and score 40 points. Can he do that? And the way that the road to get there it starts at the free throw line. If you look at, you know, this incredible run that Cam Thomas has been on for the Brooklyn Nets when he's scoring 40 points, look at his free throw stats. He's, he's attempting 20 free throws. So it, it starts there. Can he do it? Can he draw enough contact? Can he force these referees to finally make some decent calls for him? Uh, that's, I think, is, is a big thing that he has left to prove. Are you a tool, a tool belt guy? I'm more of a toolbox guy when I go to that saying, but you're all tool, tool belt, like you're mobile and on the go with these tools. That's true. Yeah, tool belt, arrow in the qu uh, quiver, arrow in the quiver. Yeah, I mean, that's another big one for me. Love that. Mm -hmm. um, that's yeah, a great one. I, I, don't, I have a toolbox. I don't own a tool belt. Yeah, I think tool, to me, a tool belt signals that you are a true professional. Everyone's got a toolbox. Everyone's got a, even if it's just a junk drawer, everyone's got a box that you put tools yeah, in. But only the elite, only the true professional has the tool belt. 
I think if you're a point god, then you have a tool belt and you are mm -hmm. always ready. It is there at the ready for you where the toolbox, it's in the shed that you wipe off the dust every once in That's a right. while to try to fix a project and most likely it's not going to go well. Give me the guy with the tool belt. And I do think LaMelo Ball is just that. I think you're right, Doug. I think trying to save some storyline, the last 22 games of the season, we'll do this as podcasters, as fans, as NBA junkies. We will go back and look at the trends post-All-Star break. We do that all the time, even if mm -hmm. it's not even close to encapsulating a half of the season. <clears throat> I'm going to have phlegm today because that's just how it rolls. <laughs> it's how it's been going on the last two weeks of my life. But we always go post-All-Star break. We can split those stats up all the time. And we'll do that with all of these players. LaMelo is no different. So if we can talk about in the offseason, at the beginning of next season, hey, if you go back to the end of 2023, LaMelo post-All-Star break did blank. I mean, that, that's going to happen with all of these yeah, players, yeah. and LaMelo's no different. So I do think it matters, and I think you're right about the free throws. It's so funny you bring up 40 points. He's been close. So mm -hmm. his career high is 38, and I feel like he's been at 30 late in games where I'm thinking, okay, this is going to be it. I don't know if anybody else has thought about this. I guess you did. We've not talked about it. But I feel like I want to see 40 as well, and he's been yeah. so close to it. Well, because it's, and again, it's not because of the number itself. The number is not like a magic number in any way, but but to me, it would represent him filling in. I think the one gap in his offensive game, and that and filling in that gap would equate to an extra five to ten points that would get that would fill that margin between where he where he's been, you know, over the past five or six games. Uh, to to that 40 point and he doesn't need to do it on the regular I, I need to stress this because I think people will climb in the comments and say yeah well, that's not LaMelo's game he's not a pure <laughs> scorer I'm not saying that I'm saying but he I think to get to where he wants to go in his career he has to have the ability to put that kind of game together every once in a while and to do that he you, because the thing is if he can get to the free throw line consistently that will take away some of those nights where he scores like a weird sort of 13 to 15 points. And then that elevates him to where now he's like, you know, 20, 22, 24, 25 points per game. Easy. Uh, that That's where I think LaMelo's game ultimately has to get to. Well, and, and he's capable of it because we saw it in right. February. He actually upped his free throws per game to 4.3 that entire month. And he only had one game where he went to the line. Um, um, I'm sorry, January is the month, in case I said February. But yeah, if you look at January, he went to the line 4.3 times per game and only had zero free throw attempts once. That came in a loss to Indiana. He's done that twice in the short month of February, plus you have the rest. So not only is February already short, you're talking about shortening it even more. And so you're starting to get away from that, right? In the month of February, he's only gone 2.6 times per game. So... You know, hopefully he can get back to those January numbers and uh, and make a living there because that that's something you want to see. Hey, post All Star break when we're talking about Lamelo, you want to see the efficiency go up just a little bit, even though the three point shot is is totally fine, especially on the volume. And you're hoping that he's able to get fouled and, and kind of bring back what we were talking about at the beginning of the season with what we wanted to see Lamelo improve on. Yeah, a couple of other things that I think I don't know that he necessarily has to prove this, but it needs to be proven that LaMelo Ball and Mark Williams can develop a special kind of chemistry, that that pairing is going to work. And then I think the other pairing that you have to look at, and I think this would probably be the less important of the pairings, I guess, but it would be him and Terry Rozier on the defensive end. 
is that and I think this is what the the organization needs to evaluate as they move forward with their plans as it pertains to Terry Rozier is can that pairing in the backcourt work defensively or if you if you truly have legitimate playoff hopes for next season which it seems like the organization is going to try to push that. This is not a full-on rebuild. So if you have that in your mind, I think you've got to figure out whether or not, okay, we do all this work to get to the playoffs, and then this backcourt pairing can't defend anybody, and we've got a real problem here. Yeah, 100%. So you have both of those pairings, Mark Williams, maybe Terry Rozier defensively. And now the next question is, are we going to get some guys back? Coming up next on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. Don't go to sleep on the Hornets just yet. What's up with Kelly Oubre's health status? Is that someone that we can expect to come back at some point? We'll get to that in just a moment, but not before we talk about FanDuel. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel. It's the midway point of the NBA season, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000, and that's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't even win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe. It's secure. It's super easy to use, and then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and threes drained, plus FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel in the official sports betting partner of the NBA. This episode is also brought to you by Nissan. Nissan's most electric player of the week is brought to you by the all-new all-electric 2023 Nissan Aria. And I think the player of the week we're going to go with has to be somebody that participated in the all-star break. And Mac McClung would be the guy that you go to. Speaking of electric, that's exactly what he was able to provide for this atmosphere on Saturday night, which let's be honest, it's always all about Saturday night when it comes to NBA all-star weekend. I think he was brilliantly fierce. I think that was Aria-like. I think he was stunningly powerful. (laughs) I think that was very Aria-like. Mac McClung. I think the Nissan Aria and Mac McClung are the Spider-Man meme looking at each other one-on-one. Hey, we're awesome. And we're both electric. The 2023 Nissan Aria packs pin you to your seat power and premium intelligence all in one. The all new, all electric 2023 Nissan Aria is a fantastic one to go to and shop for, by the way, at NissanUSA.com. We'll be back. More Locked on Hornets coming up next. Is Locked on Hornets. Are we sure that like everyone interprets a handful as five? I, I think, think so. so. Honestly, I would I'm... say a handful is normally five, but I would agree. four is acceptable. What's my whole five <laughs> things in my head? Look, one, this is a pen, a book. I got okay. a phone. Get, you're, you guys are actually right. It's getting pretty full. Yeah, here's a cable. Five. Okay, that's five. That's five. And here's right, a coffee cup. What else? It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. All right, not only do we have the question, what does LaMelo Ball have to prove? But we're also wondering when Kelly Oubre is going to come back. And I didn't know this, Doug, but, oh, God, I'm dying. <laughs> you were, we have to hold on. We got to pause for a second. Just A, to let you um, expunge that that phlegm. But oh, also, so so I, have to, I have to mention that during the break, I look over on my screen here that shows me Walker's bedroom and you are just furiously chugging water, trying to 
clear the air passages. That's correct. <laughs> That's, correct. That's what's going on. Yeah, of I your weekend, your All Star. This is this is your fault. Yeah, I mean, you party too hard on the All Star weekend. Just admit it. <laughs> yeah, you know what? This is the last. This past weekend, I absolutely did nothing. I did not work. I did not go out. <laughs> I did not leave the room. And it's not because I'm so sick. It's just every morning that I wake up, which is when we record. Everything is wrong with my head, you know, so that's just I'm, I'm I've got all sorts of stuff going on up there and I don't want to go into too much detail, but you guys can pretty much get the picture, especially with how I sound. And so mm -hmm. let's try to do this again with a clearer okay. voice before yeah. it gets bad again. Sure. The one question we had was, what does LaMelo have to prove? We talked a yeah. little bit about what we want to see from him post all star break. And I didn't know this, Doug, but Kelly Oubre may be closer to coming back than not right rod boone of the charlotte observer he talked about how he was starting to shoot without the splint and that barring a big setback you'd have kelly return maybe within a week or two time you know how big of a deal is this to you i think it's a huge deal i think to me it's the biggest question or at least it will have the biggest impact on what the hornets final record is and this was something that i have discussed a lot around the trade deadline because i thought you know, okay, Kelly gets healthy. It seems like he's getting healthier. He comes back. Who knows uh, about Cody Martin's status? There's so much mystery around his injury issues this season. But if he comes back, all of a sudden, the Hornets, you know, have most of their tools. And they only got rid of Mason Plumley and Jalen McDaniels. That, you know, they took some of his tools away, but, but not a ton. And, and, I mean, I think they've been easily replaced. Mark Williams obviously has some – you know, rookie style issues that he's working out, but um, that, you know, they've been able to put a couple of wins together and you get Kelly Oubre back and all of a sudden, you know, this team's going to compete the rest of the way. And I think it could impact uh, their, you know, ping pong ball situation when we get to draft lottery time. Well, and it's because he's a microwave. And so it, it he has that ability to be at least the last game he played was Oklahoma city on December 29th. Mm -hmm. So you're talking about close to two months worth of time. It's going to be just about that when he returns, as reported by Rod Boone, at least barring any setback. And if Kelly comes back, I think you're right, Doug, because Gordon Hayward, you might even expect to get injured again down the stretch because that's mm -hmm. just been the name of the game with him in a Charlotte Hornets uniform. And if that's the case, then you go from Gordon to not Jalen McDaniels, not Kelly Oubre now, but to JT Thor. To, you know, big yeah. difference, right? I mean, so you're talking about wing depth not being there, especially if Gordon Hayward goes down with injury. And even if Gordon does go down with an injury and Kelly Oubre comes back, then that kind of balances out what you have right now. But you're right. I do think Kelly Oubre coming back, especially if he catches fire and we know that he is someone that has that microwave ability. If that happens, then you're right. I mean, he could be messing with the ping pong ball situation just a little bit. The good news is in that front, if you are a Tankanista, then the Charlotte Hornets are kind of in an area by themselves where they are clearly yeah. the fourth worst team. And that's solidly in concrete on both sides. I, I, I don't know if they're going to be able to catch Houston, Detroit, I guess they could, but Houston, San Antonio, clearly those are the worst right. two teams. Detroit as well. You could probably mess around and catch Detroit, but I don't think they're going to catch anybody above them, even if that means winning some games because there's a nice cushion between them and I believe Orlando, the next team up. Yeah, and and Orlando, uh, who did they just shed uh, via the waiver wire? Like, it's not like they're like, I, I think, going to Uber compete for a playoff spot. Uh, Terrence Ross. Uber compete? Maybe. Yeah, exactly. Exactly.
Thank you. See, the phlegm You're hasn't welcome. taken away your humor. That's nice. No, it doesn't. Thank you. Thank God so, for that. So... They're, they're not going to uber compete for a play, play in spot, I think. So there's a, a chance they crater. They're one or two injuries away from completely cratering. Then you've got New Orleans. They're, they're uh, fast falling. So yeah, I, I think there are some threats to the Hornets remaining four because this, this is less about Kelly Oubre's return to me is less about wing depth than it is about the fact that the Hornets, even despite getting a couple of wins here right before the All Star break, have been doing that because their start, all five of their starters, have to play extremely well because they have no sixth man. They just have no scoring threat off the bench. And DSJ has really upped his scoring game, not from outside, but by driving, dunking, and finishing layups. That's been a welcome sight for the team because they've had no scoring off the bench. Once Kelly returns, that all changes. The big question would be, which kind of Kelly Oubre returns? You mentioned the microwave score. That's the Kelly that we were used to seeing last season, that tsunami poppy. But coming into this season, I think he wanted to change his game even if all, all of the other players had not gotten injured, I think he wanted to change his game to be more of a defensive pest. D- does that stay around? Do we see defensive pest Kelly Oubre in his return? But he changed his game even more significantly than I think he had even planned to because of all of the injuries. He was a go-to scorer as a starter, and he did that from the mid-range where he shot more from the mid-range than he has in t- his entire career and and at the rim which again same same kind of thing he's shooting more at the rim than he has over his entire career so do those things maintain or does he go back to his role as just like pure scorer off the bench i'm going to shoot a bunch of threes some of them ill advised and i'm not going to really be all that worried about the defensive end well and the last question i have is kelly ubre if he does come back in the next week or two then is he all the way healed Compared to LaMelo, when we've seen him go out with another injury after he returned, Gordon Hayward, we know that entire fiasco where his wife went to social media and said that the Charlotte Hornets did not handle his injury correctly. Is that something to worry about with Kelly Oubre? If you bring him back, is he truly good to go or are they just bringing him back to try to assemble something that resembles what they might look like next season in their mind i don't i don't know but hopefully if he is back just because you want to root for players health hopefully kelly is ready to go but that's something that we haven't seen with gordon and Lamelo. both of those guys would go back to the bench after returning not too far after they did you make a good point but i think both team and player are motivated for return and maybe that is dangerous when you're talking about coming back too early from an injury because it's not just the team wanting to get a look at what this team could look like next season. Kelly Oubre, I think, wants to remain in Charlotte, wants to make a case to the organization. He was essentially begging via the media to not be traded. Like, he doesn't want to leave Charlotte. And so when he comes back... You, whether or not you get pop, Tsunami Poppy or Tsunami Father, the, the, the more mature version of Tsunami Poppy, you're going to get a competitive Tsunami. Whatever kind of Tsunami you get, you're going to get a competitive one because he wants to make a case to the organization that he deserves to you know stick around in whatever iteration of this team exists next season. And... You know, we'll 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 see what what that means for the team's you know win loss record. Uh, I think it could possibly mean that they fall to fifth or sixth in that in those lottery odds. I think there's a real danger there. Yeah, the, if you look at the standings, I so it would it would take Orlando having a big time fall because they are about seven games up. They're twenty four and thirty five. Charlotte is seventeen and forty three. 
And I don't think any team in the West they're going to be able to catch because LA, except for Spurs and Rockets, like the Lakers are 27 32 compared to 17 and 43 for the Hornets. And New Orleans, even if they're fall, they're still above 500 right now, even if they have been free falling. So I, I think they're okay. It, it's all about Orlando, maybe, if they can catch them, but I don't think that's going to happen. But we'll see, right? Kelly Oubre would be a guy with his health. Um, possibly that could make that just just adding some depth with this team that could possibly allow you to catch Orlando all right let's talk a little bit about the all-star break coming up next on the lockdown Hornets podcast don't go to sleep on the Hornets just yet my colleague Doug has a question whether <laughs> Mac McClung actually really saved the dunk contest let's hear this take from Doug coming up next not before we talk about Bill Bar. if you're looking for a delicious treat but don't want all of the fat and the calories then you gotta try Built Bar it's exactly why this episode is brought to you by Built Bar we just got through the holidays we're now starting to get into the spring and in the summer seasons maybe trying to show the guns a little bit well Built Bar will help you do that and what makes it so good is that they're all covered in 100% real chocolate. Every single one of those built bars. They come in unbelievable flavors. Churro, peanut butter brownie, all of the coconut variations. I'm not sure how they do it, but they taste like a candy bar, except they only have 130 calories. They have four grams of sugar, and they have a whopping 17 grams of protein. Plus, you feel full afterwards. You do feel uh, a lot better after eating a built bar rather than just a candy bar where you can eat seven, ten of those things if you have a real problem like I do. If you're close <laughs> to a Sam's Club, run in and grab a 13-bar box with the Hit Flavors Brownie Batter Churro, as I mentioned. And if you don't want to get the bulk size, that's fine. Just go to your nearest Walmart today, and you can pick up a four-bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate. I could go on and on about all of the awesome flavors. If you don't want to do that, then just go to built.com, B-U-I-L-T, built.com, and order your built bars today. All-Star Weekend Takes coming up next, Locked on Hornets. This is Locked on Hornets. I'm a fantastic Googler. I'm bad at logging in. If they were to do sort of a scouting report of, of me and my ability to use the internet. Todd, 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 Todd. Yeah, I- Excellent Googler. Not a very good guy that's <laughs> logging in. Very yeah. good at interrupting the host anytime he's trying to go on a rant. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. All right, Doug, let's start with the question that I tease going into the break. See, Mac McClung, I knew who he was. He probably was the most famous participant in this dunk contest because of the way that he had showcased the dunks on his mixtapes, YouTube reel, right? Coming out of high school, we had kind of known who this guy was. And then he goes to Georgetown, Texas Tech, college, kind of, you know, the game sputters a little bit. And he just signed the G League or the contract, the 10-day, the two-week contract, whatever, with Philadelphia. But he put on an awesome show. The question is, does that really mean he saved the dunk contest? You're not so sure, Doug. Well, I think Mac McClung was somebody that sort of like hoop hipsters knew about, but I, I don't think that I don't think this would have been as big a story if everyone knew about Mac McClung, right? I think that part of the part of the magic of this story is that this this guy for the wider fan base seems huh. to have come out of nowhere. Wider why, WID or whiter? What which one? I which said wider. That was a, that wider. was with a okay. D. Okay, wider just wanted to make sure. Mm-hmm. Fan base. Uh, so. <laughs> <laughs> So that's why I think he didn't actually save the dunk contest. He actually hurt the dunk contest because to me, Walker, Mac McClung is the nightmare. It is the fear of every 
major star that would ever consider being in the dunk contest, this is the fear that you get to the dunk contest and you're like, all right, I'm going to coast here. I know what I'm doing. I'm LeBron James. I've been dunking all my life. And then all of a sudden, this guy comes out of nowhere named Mac McClung and just and just wows the crowd. You never even saw it coming. And now everybody's clowning you on social media because you got beat by a nobody named Mac McClung like that. And I'm not saying that that's how I feel about Mac McClung. I'm saying that's the fear of the major star to me, like this happening really, I think now there's zero chance that a, that a major star is ever going to enter the dunk contest ever again. No, I don't mind that take at all. I kind of agree with it. And I thought about this as well right afterwards, because this is the exact reason why stars aren't going to do it. And in fact, you know, what's interesting too, is Stephen A. Smith just had one of these takes how he blames LeBron James, how he's solely responsible for the dunk contest, losing all of its luster, right? Because he was the first star that wouldn't do it, which fine. He, he never did. And I wanted him to LeBron told you he was going to do it one time, never delivered on that whatever he can do whatever he wants of course i would have loved to have seen him in a dunk contest but lebron would always contemplate it i would always feel like these stars would be 50 50 after you had the initial wave where everybody was doing it right vince carter kobe bryant michael jordan dominique wilkins keep going back into the eras whatever they all did it and then you started to get to like a 50 50 well okay i'll think about it now i'm not going to do it these young stars doug absolutely do not want to do it. John Morant told you you have to have some post get a billion likes after him being adamant saying he's not going to do it. And then Anthony Edwards in one of the in one of the during game interviews where they were starting to do that, like they had that with Jose uh, um, Alvarado in, in the uh, Rising Stars Challenge. You know, Anthony Edwards on the bench is telling you, no, I'm not doing a dunk contest. Ain't no way. And it's a third year guy. And they're just refusing. And Anthony Edwards clearly would be as good a choice as anybody, a young rising star who can jump out of the gym. And they don't have any interest. We we went from, oh, maybe I'll do it, oh, maybe I won't, to they're just flat out telling you, ain't no way. And another thing that hurt, by the way, is the fact that people are clowning Jericho Sims so much, right? Like Jericho, he does the honey dip with his with his armpit. And nobody cares. Everybody's like, lame, and that was lame. And he grabbed the net, whatever. But everybody's clowning him. And and this is exactly why the stars don't want to do it. They don't want to get clowned and they don't want to lose to somebody that has a 45 inch vertical. That's right. Well, yeah, it's risk reward. It's about brand awareness. And and these all of these guys are brand aware. And they realize that that one one thing, you say one wrong thing, you do one wrong thing, and all of a sudden uh, you have to spend months cleaning that up. And all the while, you're putting your blood, sweat, and tears, blood, sweat, and tears into trying to win a championship, which, which I think you feel like really actually matters as opposed to this dunk contest. So it's all about risk reward. And the other thing I would say on the Jericho Sims front is the reason why I'm going to say this: that put it on my tombstone because I'm going to say this so much. I say it every year. People that follow the show know know exactly what I'm about to yeah. say. The reason why we don't appreciate Jericho Sims dunk that honey dip that you just mentioned is because these uh, the, the presentation and the judges, they don't know how to judge this stuff. And they also, no one educates anyone on the difficulty of these things. We don't have a language to talk about dunks. And so when Mac McClung comes along and does what he does, and you go, okay, I don't even know how to describe that, but that looked awesome. That wins. But then you don't appreciate some of the other stuff because we don't know how to talk about it. And that's the fault of the presentation. And that's the fault of the people judging this and commentating on it, not educating us as to what we're seeing on the screen. 
Uh, Jericho also grabbed the net, though. So, yes, I, I don't mind. Like, he grabbed the net and pulled himself up. I don't know. You should be docked points for that. But at least That's I fine. explained it. Um, the other thing about Mac McClung, people were trying to figure out whether it was a 720 or a 540. I got to <laughs> take for we you. Can't be, listen, we can't make Shaq do math. This is not no, fair. We can't have Shaq doing math out there. So I just want to set the record straight. The dunk deserved a 50. It deserved a 50. The dunk was also a reverse 360. The, the guy starts from a reverse position, a la Mason Plumley, and then he spins one full rotation and ends up in the same spot. So everybody's trying to say, oh man, a 540-720. It's not. It'd be cool, but it's not. <laughs> it was a 360 reverse, and it deserved a 50. It deserved all of it. I'm just saying, people trying to figure out how many rotations he did in the air, he did one. This is not TJ Fontanet. If you don't know, go look him up. TJ Fontanet was the guy that did a 720 in the and one or whatever league. This was a 360 from reverse position. Just saying. Um, well, okay, well, and it, it speaks one? to, you know, people say, hey, don't don't waste your best dunk on your first dunk. But if you've got a little hype like Mac did coming into this thing, that then I think dunk, it so. actually benefits you to do something crazy in your first dunk because that that level of crazy will leak down into the other dunks. So people will give you a little bit more credit on the second or third dunk. And, and he didn't miss. I mean, you know, that's, you know, that's the thing that's killed the dunk contest. To me, the thing that's killed the dunk contest are the misses, not the, not the level of the makes or the level yeah, of the competitors. Yeah. The dunk contest is always going to be one of these interpretation things. And I think, and, and everybody kind of agrees. We just don't know what it is we agree on. But, but one of the things I do think is you got to hit your first attempt and it's got to have a wow factor that you just can't describe. And that's what Mac McClung was able to do. Uh, what did you think about the all-star game Sunday that uh defensive, the defensive intensity all throughout just, you know, flowing through every one of those all-stars. Well, I think they've tried. They tried to make this thing more competitive, and I think it's running into what inevitably was always going to run into, which I go back to brand awareness. I think somebody said this on Twitter, and I agree with this: that the All Star Weekend in general has become such an event that I don't think is really made for fans. I really think the event is made for brands. It's not for fans; it's for brands. It's for this sort of weird media event. That uh, that I don't think that there's the the incentive structure necessary for guys to actually come in and be competitive, and, and I think they they don't take the All Star Game seriously because they they're worried about winning. You know, a lot of these guys are worried about winning championships. They're not worried about performing well in the All Star Weekend, and there's no there's no incentive structure in the game. You know, there's no there's nothing in the game that says, all right, well, I got to win this because I get home court advantage in the finals. And I don't think there should be. I don't think no. the NBA should do what MLB did because I don't I don't think that this honestly should matter all that much <laughs> at this point. Um, but but here's what I think. Complaining about the All-Star game and really All-Star weekend is almost as performative as the All-Star game itself. And I do a lot of it and I get it. I complain about All-Star weekend. We did, we did a whole preview show where I complained about it. We did a whole show on it. <laughs> But let's let's not pretend that it's actually important, right? And I and I think there's a little tongue in cheek to what David and I do when we complain about the All Star Weekend. There's a little bit of like, ha ha ha, we're complaining about this thing that's not all that important. But when people like Jalen Brown come out and and you know want to want to make the All Star Game something that should you know should ultimately be competitive, I just don't know that I agree with that 
because uh, we do put a lot of importance on winning championships. And, and, and also, look, NBA, if you want to fix the All-Star game, which I don't think you do, I don't think the NBA has any interest in fixing the All-Star game, the All-Star weekend, because it's not about fans, it's about brands. And I, but if you wanted to fix that, Walker, it's really simple. Reduce the number of regular season games, which you're not going to do. These players who are super, you know, I mean, all of the CBA talk right now is going to be about, you know, owners not wanting players to move to different franchises all of a sudden. And that and there's going to be this push to, from the league not to have as many of these sort of rest days. Right. And. You know, if but if you want to fix the All Star game, you have to start with reducing the number of regular season games. These guys aren't going to come to an All Star week. Everybody's like so tired coming into the All Star break. They call it a break, and so these guys are not going to be uber competitive on an All Star weekend when they're looking to get a break from the grind that is the regular season. Did you just go on a performative rant about how to fix the All Star game after you talked about it's performative? <laughs> no, because because here's okay. the thing. This is why it's not performative. Because I understand what I just said is never going to happen. They're not <laughs> going to reduce the number of regular season games. You know why? Because there's yeah. too much money to be made. If you care about the All-Star game, here is my advice. Stop caring about the All-Star game. Well, what I'd also say is I don't, I don't even know if that would change it just because guys are going to be way too worried about getting hurt. It's so on a death spiral. It's just like the Pro Bowl. It is just like the Pro Bowl. It is on a death oh, yeah, spiral. Well, it is on a death is- spiral. The thing about the All-Star game, though, is I, I would always ask for just the one good quarter, especially with the Elam ending, because we would get competitive quarters. We would, especially when you had your target score at the end. We would come in after the All-Star game saying, hey, this thing might have fixed it. Like, it really might have, because you can just go with the first three, whatever, who cares, right? But once you have the target score instituted, we would come in a couple times and say, man, that was awesome. Like that was a fun race to the finish on the last leg. And so that's basically what I've gone into these things hoping for, man, this one, this one was worse though. Like if it's okay to compare the all-star game to what it has been in recent years, still that one was bad, man. Like it was, it was pretty hard to watch. I did not I mean, I, I watched it for a little bit. The thing is, even if you're going to go with like the the fun dunks and the fun alleys, there were so many missed fun dunks and alleys in this all-star game. That wasn't even great to watch, right? Like if, if you want to have a runway for John ja Morant to do something crazy, he gave you a 360, but you didn't even have <laughs> phenomenal dunks. Like well, so, he showed you, he showed you why he doesn't want to be in the dunk contest because <laughs> he didn't he didn't want to do that with everyone yeah. looking at him. Yeah, so I, I was hoping for one good quarter, and we got the highest scoring All Star game, I believe, in history, with it being like one eighty to one seventy. But none of it like matters. It's all it's it's a little bit like You're nihilistic. Right. Like nothing matters when it comes to All Star <laughs> Weekend. But here's what I here's what I would suggest. If the, here's a way to fix the All Star game. I, I'm not I'm not sure if you saw this, Walker, but Adam Silver, the commissioner of the NBA, uh, with Ahmad Rashad showing off some weird technology that like inserts fans into highlights. Have you seen this? And he used Ahmad Rashad as the example. He put, no, Ahmad, I didn't see he it. did like a body scan. So he used his phone. Adam Silver had Ahmad Rashad up on stage and he used his phone to like body scan um, Ahmad Rashad. And then they showed a highlight of, uh, of a dunk. And I don't remember who was dunking. It was, I think it was Portland. I think it was Anthony Simons. Um, but they showed the highlight and then they like inserted a, a like a digital version of Ahmad Rashad into the highlight. And so Ahmad Rashad was doing the dunk in the clothing that he was wearing. And wow. so I'm looking at this and going, 
just fix my league pass. Like I don't want to be in a I don't want to be in a highlight. I would just like to actually watch the highlight without my application logging me out, freezing, dropping all of the time. Like fix my league pass before you insert me in the game, please and thank you. Okay. <laughs> but after I saw that, I thought, hey, now here's a way you might fix the all-star game, okay? This stuff is getting so realistic that you just do away with players altogether. You just eliminate the players and you just run it in sort of a simulation kind of thing. And then you actually, you know, you make the ones and zeros competitive because you can, because you can force it to. Um, that's like NBA Live. What was it, 07 that had the dunk contest? I think it was 07 with Tracy McGrady that you would just be tossing the basketball off of the shot clock and all off of the camera, the baseline camera that is 30 feet high. So, yes, I agree. I think that's we should just have an NBA Live 07 dunk contest. And whoever wins, you get the dunk contest trophy. All right, that'll do it for Lockdown Hornets. Thanks for making us your first listen today. Make your second listen game to game NBA every moment, every top performance, every result. Locked On Game to Game covers every game from across the NBA with local analysis that only Locked On can deliver. Follow Game to Game on Locked On NBA, available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcast. Have a great rest of your day. We'll be back with you tomorrow. 